This episode of Obscure Chatter is brought to you by Fuck It's Hot. I live in Texas, and holy fuck, is it hot. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Obscure Chatter. Uh, You might notice, for those who are regular listeners of OC, that I sound different. Um... For those that recall, there was no June episode this year, which really upset me because uh, that was our anniversary month. You guys, we missed our anniversary. But uh, it was fuck awful hot. And when you're in a double walled whisper room, as much as there can be AC, I have an AC vent. I have a whisper room from whisper room. Or I guess you just call it a sound booth. I have a sound booth from Whister, Whisper Room. Um, it still can only do so much is, uh, without affecting the recording. So sometimes you have to record without it, or sometimes it just isn't powerful enough to really combat anything. Seriously, I've left sessions with, you know, I've gone into sessions with straight hair and left sessions with my very curly hair it can get that hot. And since June, it's only gotten worse. So um, in June, toward the end of June is when we like to try to record Obscure Chatter, Stephen and myself. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, we were trying to record, we did a couple of tests where basically I did a rough kind of vamp for a couple of minutes to see how I felt. And I started getting really dazed. Uh, I've overheated before. I've passed out from the heat before. My dad and I used to work on tin roofs in South Texas. I've overdone it. I've almost fallen off roofs, you know, like, and all this stuff. You just really have to be careful. And for the people like, well, yeah, well, welcome to Texas. Like, no, bitch, it's different right now. It really, truly is. And I know that it's different everywhere else because I've seen footage of, you know, people in Arizona just trying to walk across their street and their flip-flops staying behind. Uh, I've seen headlights and taillights melting in Arizona. Like, it's it's bananas. But anyways, uh, we tried a couple of things and it didn't work. So, I really hate canceling episodes uh, you know, we, we take, sometimes we take January and February off and, and, you know, obviously the pandemic happened within the scope of the show, uh, started. I don't want to ever get into the habit of saying it's over cause it's not, it's actually ramping back up, but that's a whole other kettle of fish. Um, Steven and I, like I have panels from the, uh, a previous booth, that Stephen and I put together and I still have panels from that, that we don't use anymore. Pardon me. Um, and so we test some stuff out in my office and in the living room. And the thing is, is, you know, when, for those who recall, uh, I did a, another podcast for four years with, uh, Stephen and J. Michael Tatum, and we just recorded in an untreated sound sound room. 
But I don't know, Stephen and I tried out some stuff going like, what the fuck, we've done this before, and we couldn't find an additional mic stand. I didn't want to take anything that was already in my booth out because I've got a really good setup in there. Um, it's, uh, and I still record in there as is, but I just don't record as long, uh, for consistently as long as I do with obscure chatter. When I'm recording for animation or a video game, I open the door between takes. I, uh, get breaks, all of that stuff with you guys. I'm, I mean, you're here with me the whole time. I'll take little water breaks. I'll take little burp breaks and all of that, but I'm, I'm in it. Uh, for the long haul. But um, yeah, we just couldn't figure it out. Uh, we had we had found a couple of solutions with one of our shotgun microphones. Steven and I have a good, I'd say at least 10 microphones. Uh, you know, a couple ribbons, a couple cardioids, omnidirectional. That's typically what a lot of like starting podcasters like go with like a blue ball or something like that, which, hey, no shame on that. Like my I still have a Bluebird that I really enjoy using, but for recording, I enjoy the TLM um, from Neumann, the TLM 103. It's a standard microphone for recording, but yeah, I I don't know what what we were trying is we were trying to record in a space that had better AC options and uh, didn't sound too roomy. You know, there wasn't too much room noise. You might hear AC right now. You, uh, you know, I'm hoping that we condensed it down and that it's not too jarring to listen to. But uh, finally, you know, we we called we called in an audible because um, we couldn't figure out how to really tone down the sound with the shotgun microphone, and we couldn't find a mic stand that wasn't already in the booth, and we didn't have a cord long enough for my headphones, and. I don't know. Uh, we when we did that anime show, we didn't listen to ourselves on headphones all the time. But now I think we've gotten a little spoiled. Uh, and by we, I mean me. I've gotten a little spoiled. I didn't want to record in the space without knowing what I was sounding like, knowing when I was off mic, any of that. So we just called it bought um, a longer headphone cable, um, and uh, we found our other mic stand in the shed. Uh, and then today, we we still weren't sure if we were going to be recording um, until Stephen pulled out some old dynamic mics that we haven't used, honestly, since that anime show, which that anime show hasn't had a new episode and we'll never have a new episode, just for clarification. We tried to come back, and we just all decided after a little bit of campaigning that we didn't want to come back. Um, as uh, Our last episode was our four-year anniversary. So uh, Obscure Chatter has now surpassed that anime show, which is interesting. But... Uh, I um I don't know what to do with that. I just kind of realized that in real time. But anyways, um found a dynamic mic and uh now I'm I'm a lot closer <laughs> to the microphone than I am in cooler month episodes of obscure chatter. 
Uh, I'm definitely feeling a little NPR, but I'm not talking like this. Um, I'm just a little more on mic than I usually am. Uh, and we're doing things a little differently, but right now I am in my living room. Pardon me. Um, I don't know if you guys heard that word, but just wanted to let y'all know. Um, yeah, Steven's still in his office, but I, I'm in here. Uh, like, honestly, if this wasn't too kind of a happy place, we were going to cancel again for July, June and July. Um, and it's only going to get hotter. It's the hottest it's ever been. And yes, we've broken heat records before, but this just hits different. My dog who loves being outside, uh, after a couple of minutes is like, let's go inside. Um, it, the sun just hurts. It just hurts. But all that's, uh, yeah, all of that is to say, we didn't want to miss out on another episode of Obscure Chatter. So welcome. If you are new here, you are a very patient person because I am just now introducing myself. My name is Terry Doty. I'm a voice actor. I'm a writer. And um, I'm a goofball. I'm a I'm not in recovery. I am a fully active gooferoni. And thank you for joining me today. Oh my goodness. Uh, So yeah, four years of obscure chatter. Didn't really have a plan uh, for how long the show was going to go, but it's for listeners, new and old, that we keep doing this when we get one episode that says, hey, you had zero listeners, that's when we'll consider <laughs> not doing the show anymore. But um, until then, uh, well, in hell, even then, I don't know, because I have obviously professed in the past that obscure chatter is sometimes more of just an audible diary that I let you guys listen to. So, scandalo. But yeah, I... I don't know, like, what, how, where do you start, like, two months, like, with kind of a two-month break? Um, I know in May, we talked a lot about, uh, about a lot of stuff. Um, June, June, uh, aside from the heat, was just a lot of fun. Uh, Steven and I celebrated our 14-year wedding anniversary, and... I don't know. I always like when people are like, how long have you guys been together? I I always do this. Well, we've been married for 14 years, but we've been together for almost 17. Like, I I don't know. Some people kind of like, uh, well, we've been married for 15 years. Like, well, yeah. How long have you guys been together? Because for Steven and I, we were together for a good, yeah, two and a half year, like two and some change years before we got married. Those years don't just disappear. Uh for some people there, it's like, well, we've been married for 20, but like, what if you were engaged for like eight years? <laughs> oh, we don't count those eight years. I'm like, well, that's, uh, that's interesting. Didn't really want to do anything. I don't know about y'all. Like I, uh, I was never really planning on getting married. Um, I just met somebody that meshed with me and just one day we were talking about taxes and just paperwork and shit and just kind of surmised after a lengthy conversation that some shit would be a lot easier if we were married. That's how we got engaged. Uh, we went to 
uh, the mall. Stephen got me a plastic ring from Claire's. Uh, we went to our favorite Italian joint uh, when we were living in Fort Worth um, and came back. He turned on the fire, even though we'd already talked about it. He presented Mike my plastic flower ring from Claire's and got down on one knee and proposed. And then about oh, a couple months later, we just got married. And then, the, and then the next day, we had a party at Zombie Manor, which was a place that we did um, sound design for that hadn't really paid us. And they were they were friends. So uh, we kind of said, like, hey, you know, let's call this even if you let us do our wedding there. And, uh, you know, their families came and some of their kids dressed up as zombies and friends dressed up as zombies zombie bartenders and uh, Steven and his friend Billy made burgers. At the time, we were still vegetarians. Uh, my friend Sarah Strain, who's an amazing cake woman. I don't I don't know how to describe her. Like I was going to say like cakerer, but uh, I think the term is baker. <laughs> or writer, y'all. It, it's been a weird day. Um, but yeah, she made us a four-tiered zombie wedding cake with claymation zombie versions of us on the top. And we just hung out, had a party. Uh, That's all it had to be. Um, You know, the one family member that came was very passive aggressive about like, Oh, this is definitely you. And you know what? Um, It was, I I enjoy it. Uh, We still have the cake topper. We have the cake topper in a little like glass dome and, um, it's just, it was great. We made it about just us enjoying it. Um, just our parents and one friend, uh, were there when we actually got married. The judge was great. He even took God out of the, uh, you know, our vows, which I love my friends that are, uh, devoted to their faith and their religion. Uh, it's just not me. Um, but the judge was very nice and respectable about it. Uh, didn't make it all <laughs> in Texas. Sometimes it can be hit or miss where it's like, hey, are you going to make it a big deal? Then it's like, hey, so that's not us. So if you could just leave that out, that would be great. Um, no, it wasn't a thing. His name was like J.P. Swearington. <laughs> um, and he uh, he even did this thing where we got him. We got married on 6-11 at 11.06, and he wrote that down on the back of his business card. It was very cool. But, uh, yeah, in some ways, it doesn't feel like that much time has passed. And I have other friends that got married the same year, and we're all, like, we're all at drastically different places. Some of us now have, like, four kids. Others, you know, like, Stephen and I don't have any kids. Um, And there are other couples that are, you know, not couples anymore, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, time is, time is interesting. It truly, truly is. Uh, but, um, as, as far as what we did, I didn't really want to do anything big. So there is this place in Glen Rose, which is about an hour and a half away from here. Um, and Glen Rose is kind of close to where Stephen grew up in Granbury. Uh, but Glen Rose is a, um, a state park that 
is, I'd say, I want to say dinosaur themed, but it's more than that. Like there are dinosaur footprints and they definitely leaned into all the dinosaur stuff. Like there, uh, there are sculptors uh, that, you know, just have dinosaurs in their fields as you're driving to Dinosaur Valley that has nothing to do with Dinosaur Valley. But when you get into the state park, you, you can stay overnight and make it a whole thing. Um, but just with Willow and everything, uh, our dog, we, Willow's very animal aggressive. So we don't really take her many places where she isn't just in the car driving around, barking at nothing and drooling all over the place. So, um, we just decided to do a day picnic. And, uh, the thing about Dinosaur Valley is it's one of the last places I remember as a kid, like under the age of 17 as a kid, um, really doing with my dad, uh, my stepmom and her children were, oh, I say, okay, that they were my dad. It was my dad's girlfriend and her kids, but they'd been together so long that I considered her my stepmom and her kids, my stepbrother and stepsister. Uh, but, and my brother, we all went and it was actually really fun. Um, there was like an incident with a snake that terrified me. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know, went hiking and just ate a lot of great food and stuff. So I wanted to revisit that and, really nothing had changed. Uh, the general store inside there was the same. We got some, uh, you know, some souvenirs. Steven and I got some souvenirs. And I remember being like, oh my God, no, my dad got me this like triceratops necklace. Oh my God, what happened to that? And um, got little odds and ends. I got like an iron on patch that I'm going to put on my old uh, advertise the place I used to work in advertising. Uh, I have a hoodie that I love from them, but it's got their name on it. So I'm going to put the Dinosaur Valley <laughs> Uh, patch on there when I actually uh, get a moment, but it is too hot. Um, but yeah, we uh, we put together a bunch of odds and ends, and we ordered this uh, these little fixins and stuff for a charcuterie board uh, from this local winery, Landon Winery, and got some wine. And uh, one of Stephen's birthday presents was a little like backpack. So we did all we did up that we had a nice little picnic you're not supposed to drink but we did um don't tell anyone don't tell anyone please and then we walked around um but it uh like we knew it was going to be hot but it was like i'm questioning every choice i've ever made up until this point that got me here kind of hot but we we stuck to it we got to, I got to see, you know, these dinosaur footprints that I remember. Cause I remember as a kid, like putting my like fingers in like one, like supposed like raptor toe or something. And, um, just seeing that now the big difference is that all of these parts that as a kid, I remember playing with and, you know, like fucking around with, uh, those are all marked off. I'm like, no, 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 no. Nobody touches those. I'm like, okay, <laughs> somebody ruined it for everybody. <laughs> Sorry guys. But, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Like we, we just, just did a little day trip and that's all it had to be. Um, and just kind of went like, Hey, let's stay married. And, uh, the universe was grateful. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what else in June, but I don't know. There's just so much. Like I, I do recall. I actually can't recall if I had already gone, started going to the uh, a new therapist uh, the last time we chat, but I don't think so. Um, I just therapy is expensive. Dentistry is expensive. Eyes are expensive, and that's all with insurance. But um, uh, Stephen's job, uh, it allows you like eight sessions of like therapy for free. And um, so I wanted to take advantage of that uh, and find a new therapist. And I don't know why. uh, I was really trying to find like a male therapist. I tend to talk to men easier. I don't want to overanalyze that too much. Um, And if you do... Just keep it to yourself. But I, I found this one that, you know, he's also like very sex positive, you know, LGBTQIA plus like positive, all this stuff. And he just seemed like, I, like I liked his vibe. I like the way he wrote his bio. So messaged him and we set up our first session. And your first session is really kind of like interviewing each other. And it, uh, it went well, you know, I said, <laughs> It's Texas, so, uh, you know, I see this giant glaring cross in the background of of his virtual thing, and I'm like, ah, you know, as long as he's not, like, being, uh," because there's faith-based therapy that um, I've had trouble with before, Uh, but most good good faith-based people, um, they don't try to force that shit on you, Uh, but some aren't so great about hiding their judgmental stuff. But anyways, yeah, no, it was fine. The second session, uh, we decided to meet weekly. The second session, it was about, um, it was about halfway through that I'm like, okay, like we're really getting more relaxed. Um, a couple of things here and there where I was like that, Mm, you know, where these little micro things kind of go like, mm, that was weird. I don't know. We we were vibing, but there was something like, Terry, you know, the back of my mind, like, Terry. I ignored it. Third session. Uh, there was no fourth session. Third session. Uh, I had spoken. I always talk about my body image issues. It's something that has always been a thing in my life, even as a little, little kid. I've always kind of had a pretty horrible opinion of myself. And even on really good days where I'm, I'm really proud of myself and try to be nice to myself, but you know, there are just some days, I don't care how beautiful you are. I don't care if you're Margot Robbie. There are days where you just feel like you look like shit. And it can really mess with your psyche. But I was talking about just like my experiences, like with my family and how these things that my family would say or do, how they were supposed to mean well, but it actually just made me feel worse about myself. You know, um all these things, blah, blah, blah. Well, in the middle of talking about it, um, the therapist is just like, well, you know, I know a big thing for 
women, you, you women, you women do have it rough. Not going to lie, you know, just with magazines and television and everything, just telling, like making you feel like you're never going to be enough. I'm like, I uh, didn't really talk about TV or anything, but yeah, like I'm listening. It's like, well, you know, it's, uh, my, um, my, my ex girl or this girl that I took out on a date, uh, you know, I, I'd saved up a bunch, bunch of money. I was like 16, 17 years old. This is him talking. And I thought, uh, you know, like I'm going to pick her up in my truck and I'm hoping to get lucky. Da, 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 da. And I'm kind of like in my head, this is me, Terry. I'm in my head going like, I don't know if you should be telling me like this, but, uh, I think, you know, he's doing that, like trying to relate to you thing. Um, he brings up that this girl had a pretty significant derriere and that her pants tore and that she would just whine constantly for the rest of the night and how he knew he wasn't going to get laid that night because she was just whining so much about like, Oh, I'm so fat. My pants tore. Da, 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 da. And he's like, Oh, good grief. You know, da, 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 da. I'm like, I do not think you are the hero of the story. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, I'd be upset if I were on a date and my pants busted. I, uh, even at my skinniest, if my dress tore after, you know, putting a lot of effort in, I'd, I'd be kind of upset. But I let that go. And then I was talking about how in high school, I, uh, I overcorrected. I was doing a really insane calorie deficit. Um, and I was starving myself. Um, if I reached that calorie deficit my body was just like, Hey, we are hungry. Da, 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 da. And like my stomach would ache. I just would not eat. Or if I did eat, I would make myself throw up. Um, not a good thing. Apologies if that triggers anybody, you know, but, um, I'll leave that where it is, but it got to the point where, you know, my, I, I don't know, my family constantly talked about my weight. So I, uh, I lost all this weight and I guess my teenage brain was like, well, once I lose all this weight, you know, my, my family will let up on me. They'll, they'll see just how, you know, how pretty I am, how, you know, how much I do for this family. I felt like the main focus, there were, there's always just about weight. So I'm explaining this, uh, this instance with my mother, uh, that I won't get into cause yikes, but I, I don't know how we got here, but there was this giant shift where the therapist decided, uh, to tell me about, his ex-girlfriend and how, you know, again about how like, he's like, she was beautiful and she was fit and all of this stuff, but she still hated the way that she looked. Like for instance, she wouldn't let me go down on her. And I don't know, something just kind of like cold happened down the back of my spine. Like where I was just, I love talking about sex. I love just like, like, like my girlfriends, we talk about sex all the time. Um, but I, I don't know why this just rubbed me 
the wrong way. And maybe you listening, you're like, well, I know why, because that was inappropriate. Or perhaps there are some people that are like, "Eh, maybe you're overthinking it. Maybe if you might be new here, because I'm Terry Doty and I'm an overthinker. I'm an overthinker gooferoni. But he just kept going into detail about how like he loved going down on women, but she was just, his girlfriend was so weird about it. And I, you know, I kind of went like, yeah. So anyways, um, and I, and perhaps he saw, cause he, he, he switched gears very shortly after this. Um, but you know, like, yeah, we were talking about my mother and he was talking about, you know, uh, being raised by a narcissist and all this stuff, uh, which, you know, uh, he was very thoroughly convinced that my mother was, um, but you know, yeah, in the middle of telling the story about my mother, he decides to talk about how much his girlfriend hated, uh, you know, oh my God. Cunnilingus. I was about to say like the really crass version of that, but yeah, I, ah, uh, I don't know. So after my session, I kind of just sat there, you know, like this is all virtual. So I like turned off my, com- my, my camera and closed my little camera flap and closed my laptop. And I was like, I, uh, I don't, I don't know about that. Mm. I don't know. So I like casually brought it up to Steven and he kind of did this like, but I saw his eye, like his eyebrows kind of do that. All right. Well, and I let a day pass. Uh, And uh, Steven and I went to our favorite bar around here and uh the bar actually has amazing food so it's bar dinner uh but we're waiting for our food and i decided to bring it up again um like was that weird and steven immediately almost immediately was like yes that was weird that was a weird thing for him to bring up and so i i brought up that because you know i'm paranoid i I record everything. So I played him like the file from the session and Steven's like, yeah, that was really weird. I canceled uh, my next session. I didn't give the therapist an explanation as to why. And I, I have additional sessions available, but I'm, uh, that was in June. I'm, I'm still kind of like, I don't know, coming to terms with that. It was just really, really weird. And, you know, I talk about how I tend to open up more to men than to women. I'm like, that's a very old mentality. Like, um, I now realize I'm like, well, I I think you're letting your old hangups about like girls potentially being more judgmental when you first meet them and stuff like that. Those are all old hangups that I no longer have. My girlfriends, like, uh, you know, my group chat of my girlfriends, which we call like the name of the group chat is you can't sit with us. Um, 
uh, we're all drastically different people, but um, we don't judge each other, especially like when, you know, we've got like garbage stories to tell where like we don't come off in the best light. Um, It's great. Um, But if I told, you know, Terry from 20 years ago, like, hey, these are your girlfriends. Uh, Terry from 20 years ago would not believe you. So perhaps that played into why I was looking for like a male therapist. And these are generalizations. There are definitely going to be male therapists out there that aren't going to talk about how much their ex-girlfriends hated, you know, cunnilingus or whatever. But um, (laughs) I think I'm going to look at a, a, a female therapist for the time being and Ah, yeah, I'm still kind of, like, completely, like, what? What was that? (laughs) Like, I I can't be the only one, like, obviously, like, sometimes therapists just don't vibe with you. And vice versa. There, you know, I had a, a friend that, you know, went through a few therapists before she found one that really got her and what she was going through. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like Steven, Steven goes to therapy and I'm so proud of him for doing that. But like his, like I always hear him laughing with his or like chilling and he always feels lighter after. And that's what, I don't know. I read the dude's example, you know, like little like bio and everything. And I'm like, that's going to be the same thing. I don't know. It, (laughs) I'm I'm still working through it, but the, I'm pretty proud of myself for just being like, no, wait, okay. So really tune in. You immediately had a reaction. The reaction was not good. Get out of that situation. You don't owe him any excuses, but a boom, get out. <sighs> yeah. Um, that, that was the big, like, What? I don't know. And there's more doctor stuff. Like I'm just now getting back into going to the doctor with COVID. I stopped going to the doctor. I just really did or only did like virtual visits, but now it's to the point where, Oh, Hey, you can't just do a virtual visit. Like, no, I'll go to a lab where I only have to deal with one person. We're all masked up, blah, blah, blah. Like Those days are over. They want you to come in and they still might not cover everything, but I, you know, one of the things that for some reason, like people have obviously already made this joke, but who decided eyes and teeth shouldn't be a part of normal health insurance? Uh, Who decided that? But um, went to the dentist for the first time in at least a decade. I know, I know, I hear you judging me. But um, I didn't go to the dentist until I was 23 which shocked the hell out of the dentist that I went to uh, and immediately like had a deep cleaning and uh, I had to get my wisdom teeth taken out a few weeks later. And then we kind of vibed for a little bit and then we had a falling out, tried another dentist and then I just stopped. But um, going through all of that, I finally found a dentist that one is really cool And then I feel really dumb, but it took me way too long to realize a dentist is different than an orthodontist. 
<laughs> I thought they were the same thing, but uh, apparently there's there's a there's a strong possibility. Like for those who have never like seen me in person, um, my like it might look you might not notice it. It's that thing whenever like you have something, you always feel like people are staring at it. Like I, I dated this one guy who's uh he's miss he was missing uh, a, a ligament in his arm, so he always kind of held his arm in a weird way. I had never noticed it. I dated him for a year and a half, and I had I hadn't noticed it. And he was explaining it to somebody, and I'm like, oh, I didn't notice. He's like, oh, bullshit! How could you not have noticed that? I'm like I, I just hadn't noticed. Um, uh, but it, <laughs> they had an immediate reaction. So yeah, it clearly is something that's bo- bothered them. My teeth have always bothered me. Uh, I got made fun of a lot for my teeth as a kid because they're kind of you know, they're on the smaller side. I always call them a little herbivore teeth, and you'll you'll notice in photos. Uh, it takes a lot for me to smile with like all my teeth. I just it's just something. Da 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 da. But they're my my. Oh, I just hit the pop. Um, my teeth don't align correctly on one side. It always kind of looks like I'm just kind of like just a little, it's just a little asymmetrical. It could be nothing, but my dentist did some x-rays and he's like, Hmm, I would really like you to follow up. And he gave me a referral to an orthodontist as well as an oral surgeon. Uh, and doing that like I got a little freaked out after I did this follow-up but he you know I was like hey give me you know give me the nitty-gritty like what what could potentially be the thing he's like where uh he's like it might be an ornathic surgery where they would basically cut open my jaw and saw off a little bit and realign my teeth and then I'd be wearing like a series of braces and stuff. And I got really freaked out when he just kind of mentioned the possibility of what, you know, what this could be doing. And I I had kind of asked him, I'm like, is this something that just happens? He's like, so like, you don't have any of your old records. And I've called the old dentist numerous times. Nobody's getting back to me. I might literally have to go to this place. But, you know, my dentist is like, I would like to see if this showed up on other x-rays, you know, it would answer some questions for me. But, um, I kind of asked him, is this something, you know, that I really need to be worried about? He's like, well, you know, long-term, uh, he's like, I'm guessing you have jaw pain and, uh, blah, blah, blah. All of this was accurate. He's like, headaches, tension headaches, blah, blah, blah. He's like, that that could be linked to all of this. And um, he's like, eventually you're looking at, you know, teeth, grinding on teeth and uh, potential crowns, possible root canal, like if we don't address this. So I asked, is this something that if I had gone to the dentist, I, t- I was straight up with him. I'm like, being, you know, I'd asked my, my brother went to the dentist a few times. I'd asked my mom uh, why I never went. This was when my mother and I were still in communication. And she just said, my teeth look pretty straight. That, that was it. And 
honestly, looking back on it, she had hangups about her teeth. And uh, I think that just got transferred over to me. It's hard not to be mad about this, but like kind of asked, like if, you know, I went to the dentist as a kid, would this have potentially been caught already? And there, you know, the dentist did the, well, let me, well, if I could get those records, I'd be able to tell you definitively, but I can't say no because most people that have ornathic surgery are teenagers that have their permanent teeth. And so teenagers tend to heal up quicker, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. I kind of had to think on it for a couple of weeks before I booked that consultation with the oral surgeon orthodontist person. It's one person. They're just an orthodontist as well as a surgeon. Because... I mean, guys, I'm talking to you right now. Uh, uh, I explained, like, well, I, I'm i a writer as well as um, a voice actor. I've been voice act. I've been an actor for over 25 years, and 15 of that's been voiceover. Um, what you're describing is, like, not a career killer, but, like, I'm sure there are voice actors that have braces and all that, but like recovering from surgery and taking the time off to do this. And it's that would change. It would change the way I sound. Um, and all of that, that's all of that's hoping that the surgery would go well, but I'm in my head right now because the dentist is like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa." Like, like I would just like to know you can say no to anything He's like, I would just like to know what their thoughts are on some of this. It's just the way my teeth are aligning right now. Um, and the jaw. There is a, like maybe, and it could, he's like, it could just be as simple as, you know, um, your, your jaw just grew more bone. It could be as simple as that. But of course I went immediately to the worst case scenario. But if that's the case, you know, and I have to do all of this, I might have to take some serious time off from voice acting and really doing much of anything. Um, and then potentially, hopefully working with uh, a mouthful of metal or whatever. I don't know. Do they still do braces with metal? I would assume they do. I haven't seen someone with braces in a while. But. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's just wild to be kind of thinking about it. And I wouldn't, I'm not going to lie, just basically, you know, I do like the gua, gua sha like once a week. And these past couple weeks have just been like getting really weird as I like massage my face, like looking at my jaw, anytime I brush my teeth or floss, I'm just thinking about it way too much, trying not to be too concerned. But I mean that would be a big that would be a big deal. I hoping for the best. If you're the praying type, I would enjoy and appreciate the energy or just thinking happy thoughts. That would be great. But yeah, just having to do all of that stuff. And then on top of that, it's like, hey, finally going to the doctor more, blah blah blah. I I'm just someone because I I've been you know, in retail and 
just kind of a struggling actor here and there. Uh, I'm not used to having insurance, so I'm not used to going to the doctor, really at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just trying to keep up with all that stuff because, you know, as an old lady at the tender age of 39, you just have to start taking better care of yourself. <laughs> You know, some of y'all are laughing at me, and some are like, whoa, 39. I thought you looked way older. Hopefully younger. Hopefully younger. But yeah, uh, like, <laughs> there was a big, like, oh, age, right, moment uh, <laughs> since the last time we talked. Uh, my, I've been asked to do conventions uh, since the pandemic started, but I've said no to basically anything that isn't virtual. Uh, but my first in-person thing, I, I went to Allen Public Library, which this is now my, or that was now my third time uh, doing something with them. I clearly love, uh, I love the setup. I also just love how much they do for the families and citizens of Allen. I love that library. I really do. Librarians are also really cool. Um, I just like them. But <clears throat> uh, I did a voice acting 101 uh, kids had to sign up before. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and it was pretty full. It was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I had friends uh, have their kids show up, and I'm like, I remember when this kid was born. Holy crap. And now they're just asking me questions about the industry. That's crazy. Um, but my God, it was hot. <laughs> I tried to leave my mask on. And then just finally, I was like, I I have to take a chance here because I'm dying. It was so hot. My hair was just like kind of straight, but it was pretty curly by the end of this thing. And I couldn't breathe. I was trying to teach these te- And then it just had me thinking, I've got friends that are teachers that, you know, are very at risk, but can't afford to stop teaching and I don't know how they do it because I could barely do it for 30 minutes of one hour, like teaching lesson. Uh, it was bananas. The kids were great. Uh, signed, signed a few things. Uh, especially when you're doing something for the kids like that, I try not to charge anything. I'm always really weird about that. And I know why all my friends do it. I do it at conventions, but I can't do, I can't charge for photos. I feel really weird about that. And um, I'll I'll charge for like something that they buy from me, but I can't like something, you know, like if it's something that I had an artist draw up for me that I commissioned an artist to do, that's one thing. But if someone was like, hey, Terry, can you sign this for me? I, uh, I won't charge you for that. (laughs) I, <laughs> I'm uh, just really weird about, especially when it's a kid, like a kid that's just really adorable. I usually give them stuff for free. <laughs> Not shaming anybody there. Uh, as we've all established as actors over the past couple of weeks, as SAG has joined the Writers Guild of America in a strike, um, yeah, we, we don't make a lot as actors. And I'm saying that as someone who is not a part of the union. Currently, I am SAG eligible because of a video game that I did where I 
had to do a, a bunch of paperwork to be okay as a non-union person to work on a project. And because of that now, I am able to work on two other SAG projects uh, before SAG is like, hey, okay, so you've done three things. Um, now is the time to join the union or no longer accept SAG work. And so that was a while ago. I'm still SAG eligible, but uh, SAG, you know, there are anime uh, pro- properties that are SAG. Uh, most of the anime that you know me from, or no, not from the anime that you know me from, is all non-union. But uh, I've said this in TikToks and I was going to say tweets. I don't know what the fuck we call them now. Uh, with the X. But, um, or Blue Sky or Thread or spoutable mastodon i don't know but i've said on numerous platforms like we you know when sag goes on strike um it is still about all of us working because if they're screwing over people that they heavily work with imagine how much they're screwing you over and also like for rates as far as just voiceover and all that i I look to SAG and what they're charging and whoever I'm working with might be like, well, yeah, but you're not SAG, but be like, well, okay. So you, you don't have to pay me SAG rates, but you can't pay me such a tiny fraction of what a SAG person is making. It would be nice if, um, there were a little more protections. Um, and that's where, I was talking to uh, another actress. She's more on camera than I, uh, than I probably will ever be, but she does more on camera than voiceover. So her and I were talking, you know, we're both located in Texas. Is SAG really necessary? But I mean, SAG also applies to indie films and all of that. I don't know. Um, but here's the thing. Once you go SAG, uh, that would mean no new non-union stuff. That would mean taking a step, a a giant step away from anime. uh, Unless it was SAG, which again, I've told you, I've, if you look at my credits, (sighs) I've done at least 200 properties, but, um, and I've done video games, uh, films, audiobooks, and yeah, most of that's non-union. So that's something to think about. Definitely something to think about. Oh, um, I had mentioned that I was going to dye my hair. I am currently, in addition to the microphone being different, I wonder if I sound different because I no longer have green hair. Oh, I say that. Uh, this was the first session of getting rid of the green. Some of that green did not want to go. Uh, so mostly blonde. Uh, and I'm enjoying it. I will say I was, I had green hair for uh, about five years off and on with the pandemic. I, at the beginning, I wasn't seeing my hairstylist and I did almost completely ruin my hair trying to dye it myself and then went dark to cover up my fuck up. But, um, 
yeah, blonde, uh, like blonde is more fun. Oh, I've had three people ask me that. Is it true what they say? It's the dumbest fucking thing. Do blondes have more fun? I don't know why they even talk like that, but <laughs> um, I've been blonde numerous times. I just haven't been blonde lately. Uh, and I don't know if I'll go back to green. There is something, the vibes in Texas, even aside from heat, the vibes are off. Like not even low key where sometimes I'm immediately met with some pretty shitty behavior just for the way I dress. Um, and with the green hair, I feel like more people were focusing on my hair than me. Is that weird? No, that's not weird. I'll answer that for myself now. But it's kind of the way that I put it is like I left my my stylist, Andrea. I left and I felt like I'm like, oh, the cloak of invisibility. Hey, like I didn't feel like I was being gawked at like I, I used to be. I got kind of used to it. Um I don't know, because the whole time I had green hair, if someone was like, oh, hey, whoa, check out that hair or whatever, I was always shocked because it just seemed like a stupid thing to be all about. And then when uh, in 2019, when a bunch of my friends were getting targeted by a bunch of trolls and shit, if I I or other people with, you know, blue or green or, or pink hair or anything like that. If I was like, hey, you know, don't be a dick. Da, 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 da. Like, oh, you have green hair. What do you know? Yeah, <laughs> got her. Like, did you? I, <laughs> I'm, I'm really confused by that. But uh, yeah, for some reason, or uh, yeah, online, it's like, I hate your hair. Like, this person's not even an anime fan. I don't know. <laughs> Just, I hate your hair. Um, or, you know, I I had this one guy. I was at a bar with some friends from work when I was still working at the uh, advertising place. I had a guy just be like, man, just imagine you would look so much hotter if, like, you had a normal colored hair. I'm like, I, I'm not trying to canoodle you, sir. And if I were, you're doing a horrible job keeping my interest <laughs> Um, but I don't know. Uh, Steven and a few of my friends have just kind of noted that I just seem lighter, the blonde hair. I think I'll keep it. Uh, but even if I don't, I don't think I'll go back to the green hair because I still have little like, yeah, chunks of green. <laughs> and, uh, it, it's only really obvious when like I've just hopped out of the shower like I was doing my hair this morning right out of the shower and I'm like, man, okay. But, uh, going blonde, I'm not trying to go like platinum blonde. Uh, I'm trying to stick like more into the ash or, uh, like a little more just medium blonde, nothing. Wah. But, um, which I've done, it's just, it, it really fries my hair. My hair is very dark. So, uh, there's just a high risk of destroying your hair. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, so yeah, enjoying that. Um, and enjoying it being long, even though, again, I've noted numerous times how hot it is. There's something about short hair where even when it's hot, you're committed to that one 
hairstyle, basically, where if I'm feeling hot or something, I can just pull up my hair or adjust it. Like, oh, I'm going to, you know, do an updo instead or something like that. It, uh, it's better possibilities. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I mentioned all these uh, social medias and everything uh, joined or still on Blue Sky because I think I've been on Blue Sky since April. I'm still on what used to be Twitter. Um, Twitter's weird. I feel like the most I do on there is block people. Um, just, uh, and it's progressively getting worse. Like as this, as of this taping, it was only just announced that you can only do dark mode, which is hard for my eyes. Um, and, uh, it happened this week, uh, as of this recording, Elon just took someone's handle away. Like this guy, cause he changed Twitter to X, which is so dumb. Um, but he took who had had the handle for years. He just took their handle away and also took another person's handle by just adding, um, an underscore, to the end of their handle so they could take the other thing. It's bananas. I I actually like started thinking about it. I'm like, holy crap, like what are you what are you doing? <laughs> like if you make like if you have a store, like a physical store open, sure you can sell things that only you like, but at some point if all of your customers are telling you that, you know, what you're making sucks like all of like loyal customers of yours, like people that like you and want you to thrive, which in the case of Elon Musk is not me. Like, but if people that you respect are saying, Hey, what are you doing? And your response is to, you know, like suspend their accounts and, uh, delete or just straight up delete their accounts, all this stuff. Like you're just a little, just a little boss, baby, little boss, baby. It's weird. Stop it. But yeah, no, Blue Sky. Uh, threads I'm getting annoyed with, but you know, da 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 da. Have we, are we still trying with Hive? Um, what else is there? I've completely given up on Mastodon. I was on Discord for a second and I still am, but technically, but I, I just, I'm not checking anything. Uh, there's just too much. The main thing that I'm on is Instagram. Um, and that's because I just want to share photos of my dog and my doodles. And my dude. Dog doodles dude. There you go. And occasionally myself. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and I had also mentioned, Aaron actually brought this up. What up, Aaron? Um, I had mentioned Letterboxd. Uh, if not my last episode, the episode before. And she had brought up Serialized, which I signed up for. So Letterboxd is a great way to keep up with my horror movies or just movies in general, but I watch a lot of horror movies. Um, it uh, It's a great way, honestly, because I was talking to uh, Benjamin Oscar uh, about, you know, getting ready for Halloween already, which seems early, but it's not at the same time. Um, and he asked me for recommendations and, it was really nice to just look at my letterboxed film, you know, filmography or whatever, and uh, be like, okay, uh, go by rating, go by genre. 
and let's look at this. And I was able to come up with all these movies that I'd watched, but I <laughs> didn't have to like struggle bus to remember. Um, uh, serialized is that for television? And I'm, uh, it's a, I wouldn't be shocked. Someone probably already knows this, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's run by the same people as Letterboxd. But uh, yeah, great way to keep up with TV as well. Uh, but yeah, right now, um, in solidarity with uh, WGA and SAG, uh, I'm not talking about film or television on social media. Um, anything that could remotely look like paid promotion. Um, and I'm not going to lie, like work has been slower than it, than I'm used to. But uh, yeah, like I'm just not getting auditions coming in the way I, I usually do. Uh, I actually just got booked for something next week and <laughs> I realized I'm like, oh, that's the first thing I've booked in two months. Holy crap. It's just usually not like that. Um, but with also that in mind, I don't know. It could be with the uh, fact that I, I quit that that job in October. And it's kind of weird that, wow, it's been a, it's almost been a year. Um, I, have, I had been, for those who, who don't know, I wrote a book. It's got a digital copy as well as a print-to-order option for paperback. And there's also a full vocal cast audiobook where I narrate as well as voice the character of Eleven. Um, I had been, I had started writing, uh, writing it in 2014 and the book was released in 2017. I've written numerous drafts of book two and... There was just, I don't know. Stephen went through this giant thing where, um, hopefully he doesn't mind me going into this, but, uh, you know, where he's like, I'm going to get my master's. And for the first couple of years, you know, he was just rocking it. Um, but this past year or so, it got, it just, I noticed a shift in him where, it wasn't fun for him anymore. And uh, he was meeting a lot of opposition as far as like mentors and stuff. And we just had a, a lot of long conversations about it where he's like, I think I'm done. And when he like really, after more talking and talking to his advisors and stuff, he's like, yeah, I'm you know, to get my master's and my PhD, I just, like, I'm still going to be doing what I'm doing. I just really wanted to do it to have said that I did it. But knowing how, unless you go into academics, it really is useless when I could be using my time to get more certifications and stuff and stuff that I'm already doing and blah, 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 blah. Like, I, it's interesting I don't know, that kind of like shook something in me where I, uh, I've written like for, I've written for television, I've, I've written for film, um, and that's what my uh, degree is in, is it in directing and screenwriting. And I just had a moment where I'm like, I really am proud 
of the book that I wrote. And I initially just wanted to write it to say that I did it. It's something that I'd always wanted to do, and I just did it. I'm still proud of myself, and I'm really proud of the story. And the drafts have been coming along fine, but it hasn't been fun anymore. So I, I don't know, Steven and I were having lunch a couple weeks ago, and I just kind of broke down. I'm like, this is supposed to be, you know, the passion project stuff that you do in your off time. And I'm just going through the motions. Part of it could be that um, I enjoy screenwriting. I enjoy dialogue, all of that. But I like, I also just know doing it on your own. I had been gotten, I had been gotten, hello, my God. Uh, I had gotten offers when I'd been finalizing book one uh, to get, you know, some kind of publisher behind it. Yeah, more indie than anything, but I just didn't want to go that route. I don't know. There was just nothing really vibed. So I just published it myself. And even now, it's like I I have friends that have also done self-publishing that eventually, you know, even their self-published work, publishers are like, hey, if you take it off, you know, Amazon or wherever you're selling it, um, we can do another pass of editing and release this or, you know, one of the big five. And I just didn't just didn't see myself doing that but publishing it yourself there are people there are authors I enjoy that release like a book on their own every couple of months and you know they're like fucking boss bitches like that like which is very different than boss baby boss bitches they get shit done these are women that are working full-time jobs in addition to the full, you know, the full full-time job of being a mom, uh, or taking care of relatives, or just like having like intensely like busy lives, and on top of that, writing their own stuff in their free time and uh, releasing it themselves. For me, the way that I do it, I don't know. There was just a moment where I'm like, in order to finish the book series the way that I want to. Um, it would still take me another year of, uh, finishing this draft, sending, sending it off to my first round of test readers, then sending it to my creative editor, then sending it to my technical editor, and then sending it to my 10 plus test readers that aren't, you know, like my first test reader is always Steven. And then it goes through a creative editor and blah, 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 blah. And then it's basically sending it off into the world and then starting on the audiobook. And the audiobook, the way that I do it with the full vocal cast, that's working with many different schedules and all of that. And then it's starting the process over to do book three. And then I, I, I don't know, I just had a moment where I'm like, N- I don't want to be 50 
and barely finish book three when I could be writing stuff that I enjoy. It kind of took away the joy of writing. When I got that full-time job last year, I stopped writing the the book altogether. And um, I deleted a bunch of stuff, which I wish I hadn't. But revisiting it, it's like, oh, okay, right. I picked up here and I'd already edited stuff. And this last draft was finished. Um, but I, I broke down to Steven. I'm like, I, uh, you know, priorities change. Like I told you, I, I started working on this book um, in 2014, released it three years later on my own. Like, that's pretty freaking amazing. You know, well, at least I think so. And really, that's all that fucking matters. Um, and I had a great support, support system behind me that kept me motivated. But I, I stopped a couple weeks ago, stopped writing the book, and I can't tell you that I'll ever return to writing books where I can focus on something that I truly love and I miss writing, screenwriting. Um, screenwriting, uh, you know, for advertising, that's why I got hired as the, the senior writer for the live video commerce show that I did with the ad agency. And I mean, I was writing anywhere from 30 minute to two hour, uh, episodes of shows and seeing, seeing the actors get excited, about the dialogue that they had and working with the guys in the booth being like, oh shit, here's a typo, da 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 working with clients like Google and AT&T and Samsung and uh, just being like, oh, okay, yeah, no. And all of that and yeah, implementing edits, working with other writers. I, I missed it. Um, and I've gotten a, a lot quicker because of doing the, the random stuff. Um, so working on that and something might come of it, something might not, but I'm, I need to, it's something that I think all of us, um, kind of become susceptible to of, of, I've, I've been a big sucker for this where second you realize you enjoy something, there's always now, I'm sure there was always kind of a thing for it, but there's a, oh man, you could really make some money doing this. And so it's something that you enjoy and finding out a way to monetize it. And that's such a dangerous thing to do because by immediately turning it into something to consume for the masses or for a specific fan base or however you want to think about it, you're risking losing the love for it. And that's just not something I want to do anymore. You know, uh, and, and since then I, I've, I've been reading books differently. I didn't realize that the writing was also affecting the way I was reading. Uh, I've been revisit. You might hear my dog in the background, just stretching, wondering who the hell I'm talking to. Cause I have never recorded in anywhere other than the booth. Don't you hit that talk back. Willow. Come here. All right, she's on the talkback mic, so I might lose my head, or on the talkback cord, so she might make me lose my headphones here in a second. Uh, be cool. But anyways, 
Oh my gosh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, no, um, I, I realized I was reading differently. I've been revisiting some stuff. Like, I have trouble sleeping in the middle of the week if I'm reading something new at night. I always read at night. But in the middle of the week, if I'm reading something new, I will stay up as long as I can. Very dangerous. Uh, so I tend to read stuff I've already read before during the week. Um... And I'm like, I don't remember this. Like stuff that I just read a few months ago or even just last year. Like, I don't remember this. Oh my God. I gave this like kind of a so-so review and I actually love this book. Um, oh, hit the pop screen again. I kind of stopped enjoying reading because I was always kind of deconstructing what the author was doing. And man, uh, and that's something that I just typically have never done as a screenwriter. If it's a good line, it's a good line. Like there's a movie that just came out that I'm a big fan of, a big fan of the writing, a fan of just all of it. I would love to talk about it, but I won't um, right now. <laughs> Hopefully down the line when uh, some CEOs stop being jerk bags, we can talk about it. But um where I was like, oh my God, that's just a funny line, or oh fuck, that's a good line, or oh my God, uh, that line brought something, you know, that had kind of hidden away. They brought something to the surface. I, I love that, but I'm never like, man, how would I do that in like, uh, I'm going to deconstruct this movie until I hate it type of way. And I was doing that with reading, and I love reading. I'm a big reader. So it it it's kind of weird to like admit to anyone aside from Stephen, but it was hard to admit to Stephen uh, that I didn't want to write books anymore. Um, I just the joy was gone, uh, and I will say I had a great creative uh, editor the first time around. It was my now former best friend who um who helped me through it and uh, i mean she herself is a really good writer um an amazing editor uh and she wasn't she didn't hold back and honestly the couple of people that i had in mind for doing creative editing I just knew that the edit wasn't going to be as good as it could be because this person that did the first one was the person that knew how important this story was to me. Uh, and she wasn't going to be there for it. I guess I, I, I thought about that as well. Um, but yeah, she's an amazing writer herself and hopefully she's doing amazing things too. Um, but I, you might have just heard me snap. My dog's like licking herself so loud, like right next to me. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I feel good and it feels weird to say that. Cause I don't know. Like the second you were like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Da, 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 da. I, I just recently, Stephen read it too. I just recently read this book. Um, 
uh, usually in a, or not usually, but the past few obscure chatter episodes, I love to talk about what I've been watching, what I've been reading, uh, what, uh, you know, what movies I've been watching, what television, da, 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 da. I'm not going to be doing that, uh, for a while. Also in solidarity, even if what I'm watching is, uh, what I've been watching or da, 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 isn't necessarily new, just playing it, uh, quick and, uh, just playing it safe and, quick and dirty is what I was going to say. I don't know why, but I did read this book, um, the 4,000 weeks time management for mortals by Oliver Berkman. And it just kind of, uh, I guess it was around the time that I've, uh, that Steven and I finished it that we kind of just started looking at stuff differently. Like even so much as like, um, Steven had some dental work done too. And, we this week got a giant envelope, like thick ass envelope in the mail. And it was from our dental insurance saying, yeah, we're not covering really anything that you did uh, because we didn't feel that it was medically necessary. So we're not paying it. And Stephen and I talked about it, and it's this like knee jerk. Of course they don't. You know what? We're going to fight this. We're going to call the dentist, and da 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 da. So we called the dentist, and they were like, "We're running into that a lot right now. We're um, really sorry." Um, but yeah, let us know if you're going to try to fight it. Da 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 da. If not, you can call us back, and we can work out some kind of payment plan. It's just like, what are you paying for <laughs> dental insurance for? But uh, that's a whole other thing. But there was this moment where like Steven's like, I'm going to call and da da da. And he just kind of went, no, I, I only have 4,000 weeks on this planet. Uh, and I can't afford to waste that much time on something that I know in my heart isn't going to amount to anything. So he just paid the bill, the the remaining balance, which uh, also I had had a couple of cavities worked on. Um, <laughs> they were like, well, since, you know, this, uh, just letting you know that you'll probably get another letter from them because they didn't cover this part of her cavity thing. And it was an insane amount that they didn't cover. Uh, that they're supposed to. I, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of wild. But anyways, where Stephen just paid it and didn't tell me till later. He's like, yeah, no. Um, and I guess that's where I was thinking about the book. Where I'm like, am I really going to be well into my fifties before I finish the third book? Like I'm almost forty. I, and this isn't fun where I could be writing for fun and it may or may not amount to anything, but I can do a script in a couple of months because that's my strength. That is where my schooling is and that is what I enjoy doing. But I just stopped doing it because I, for some reason, just, I guess I had it in my head. It's like, well, just stop writing scripts. I'm like, but I, I was writing scripts, just not for myself, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's kind of wild the way you get in your head about it. And like, well, no, like what I'm doing isn't script writing because it's this, like it's script writing. You just call it something else. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, I I don't know. I I can't explain it, but between just little changes that I made and some pretty significant ones, this these past two months have been pretty eye-opening. Um I feel lighter. Um the dental thing, yeah. Uh it's really it's really hard not to be kind of worried about what that means. But uh, you know, when I finally booked the appointment, it's a, I would rather know. Like when I had a, a follow-up with my dentist to, to address the cavities, or I had a cavity and two fillings that had just worn down. Um, as I was, uh, he was numbing me up. Uh, he's like, uh, all right, well, as that's, um, uh, as the numbing is working its way, like, do you want to talk about anything? I'm like, you want to talk to me as I'm getting numb? And it, <laughs> He was really nice about like not, you know, addressing like the drool going down my shirt or whatever. Um, But I was just like, okay, you know, like nuclear option, like what's the, how bad could it be? And just talking about stuff. And he's like, the main thing is, it's like, wouldn't you just like to know? Yeah. But I mean, aside from that, um, I, I'm just feeling pretty pretty great aside from that. Um, I, you know, I miss my walks, but it's really fucking hot. It is really hot outside. Like Stephen and I used to do a morning stroll. That was a big, our big cardio thing. Uh, it, it's not a thing. We've switched to doing power yoga just in the house. (laughs) But, um, uh, there's something about walking outside that nothing will replace. I miss it. Can't wait for it not to be nuclear, but who knows? Cause it's hot everywhere right now, but uh, I've got a dear friend coming into town soon. All this stuff. Uh, I just, I, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty freaking good right now. Um, yes. I, I would love to talk about, book recommendations and all that. But I know we talked about a lot of some heavy, some not so heavy stuff. Uh, this episode, I definitely didn't want to cancel if I didn't have to. Uh, I, I hope the sound quality was up to, uh, up to snuff. It was kind of, a, you know, I mentioned that anime show at the beginning of this. It's like really thinking about it going, wow, it just seems so much easier when we did this and we didn't, I I wouldn't say that we didn't care as much. It just seemed like things just kind of worked out, but things just kind of worked out because we had great people around us. Like that anime show stopped being on just some random Swedish website because the guys at the one piece podcast guys, uh, the one piece podcast guys, really Uh, those guys took, you know, just took pity on us and put us on their server. <laughs> uh, like, uh, they're like, yeah, hey, so um, welcome to America. Welcome back to America. And uh, just helped us kind of navigate the waters of podcasting. And now, um, Obscure Chatter is well into year four. Uh, I'm hoping that there's a bunch of amazing stuff for us to talk about in the future. I'm really hopeful that SAG and WGA uh, will get 
everything that they're asking for. Um, I know it's intense right now and they have to work with heat. They have to consider just a whole mess of shit that they shouldn't be half. They shouldn't be have to, they shouldn't have to be considering because what they're asking for is just basically being treated like a person with expenses that's there to do a job like so many other people. I'd mentioned it in on Twitter, but uh, one person had kind of said, well, you know, if actors are striking, I mean, uh, you know, and they make more than us, like, Jesus Christ, da-da-da-da-da. Like, well, the thing is, actors uh, with SAG... They don't qualify for SAG insurance unless they make at least $26,000. 87% of SAG is not making $26,000. Um, and like I, I even had a friend that was only, only qualified for it for one year and then she was done. And uh, a couple of other actors and I have been talking about that too, where uh, I, you know, there have been years where I, I've made like a really healthy amount of money. And then there are years where I didn't have to claim it on my taxes cause I made so little. Um, but I, you know, 87% did not qualify with over 160,000 members of SAG and the numbers will be growing. Uh, that is more than 132,000 that do not qualify. Think about that. Again, we're not talking about like A-listers, which, you know, yeah, they make significantly more than the background actors and all that stuff. But they started, it is very rare that people that we consider A-list didn't start, you know, as background characters um, and all that. And then that's not even factoring in the AI shit. My God, I could go on forever about that. But I was closing out and I think we should still close out around here. Um, I, if we are happy with the way this turned out, I'm honestly hoping that it turned out pretty decent as far as sound quality. Again, I'm in my living room watching something on mute with my dog pretty close to me and the AC blasting. Just doing what I can to stay cool and not die in order to podcast. But I love you guys. So I'm really hoping that this worked out well because this would probably have to be the setup for August. (sighs) But that being said, uh, please consider uh, continuing to support movies and theaters and all that. Be very careful about how you talk about stuff online. No hashtags, no nothing like that, because that is considered promotion. You know, please check out SAG and WGA's website for strike rules. Uh, also, um, if you're not following her, Francesca Ramsey on pretty much anything, but she, uh, like, she is hilarious. Uh, just her tales and stuff throughout the uh the strike because she has been on strike for almost 90 days um as a writer and now as an actor as well um i'd seen her in some stuff and i didn't know that i'd I'd, you know watch some stuff that she'd written uh she's phenomenal a great person to keep up with um for anything but also she does post and repost a lot about her experiences as both an actor and writer And I think you guys should follow her. 
Um, but yeah, uh, as we close out, I just really want to thank everybody who has just been very patient on the social media wars and uh, very patient in just new content, all of that, and being so understanding throughout the strikes, as well as just these, it's just a really weird time. I feel like all of us are kind of weird on social media right now. And it's something I wouldn't want to give up because I enjoy engaging with you guys. But uh, if you have any questions or any topics that you would like me to cover in the next episode, please send me an email at perpetuallyoffbeat at gmail.com. And who knows, that topic or question might come up in a future episode. (sighs) Until then, until the next episode, read good shit, watch good shit, and, you know, just try not to be a shit. Also, stay cool, but, you know, mostly don't be shitty. Bye.